0: You know, I have the uh, reputation of giving short homilies. About, I don't know, a week and a half ago, the Metropolitan sent out his uh, thought of the day. And let me quote this The most eloquent homily we can give to the faithful is this Ladies and gentlemen, I love you and I pray for you. So just saying. Although, leave it to the diaconate to come up with an even shorter one. Deacon Scott told me last night he had the perfect outline. He quoted the mother of God. Whatever he said, do it. <laughs> so That's it. Well, let's go. Well, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, we often tend to break down the things that are important to us about our faith into small phrases or even just single words. Sometimes it's just easier to grasp things like that. Not that it makes them any less important to us. I mean, my goodness, when we talk about the body and blood, we're talking about something that's really, really important and central to our faith. But we talk about faith. We talk about mercy, hope, and love. And all of these things are intrinsic to our faith in they mean so much more to us than just the words themselves because they're not just words. What they actually are is they're anchors of our faith. And we pound those into the rock and we connect ourselves to these anchors so that we don't just drift away or get pulled away by whatever comes along. Well, in today's Gospel lesson, we get another one of these words and that's just absolutely critical to us and to our walk as Christians, and that is the word forgiveness. And I've said before that my favorite passages in the Bible tend to be parables. Um, I think that for me, it's just, for my simple mind, they're much easier to understand oftentimes. And uh, we've got that today in, in our lesson, we've got this parable. And it puts these heavenly things into earthly terms. And again, that's something that I can wrap my mind around. So the Lord himself tells this, and he starts off with uh, this this passage with the phrase, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to, as he goes on into this this, uh, parable. So what we're getting today is we're getting a little glimpse of heaven as we go through this lesson. So when I was reading through it earlier, uh, I hate to say it, but really there were three things that stood out to me. I did not, I did not set out to make a three-point homily. Uh, maybe the Lord did when he told this parable. I don't know. But there were three things that were apparent to me. And the first thing is, is that we are called into account. We're called into account for those debts that we owe. Number two, and most important, We're forgiven. We're called into account for these debts, but we are forgiven. And number three, and probably just as important, is we have to forgive others. And I did say that correctly. We have to forgive others. So oftentimes, when I look at these lessons, I like to back up a little bit to try to get some context. So if you back up a few verses, we have Peter coming to the Lord and asking one of his famous or infamous questions that he does tend to ask. And he comes to the Lord and he says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now, none of us were there, but I just have this in my mind that when Peter asks this question, and this is is Peter, this is the rock. You know, he's been with the Lord for a while by this point. You know, this isn't his first rodeo. And he asks this question of the Lord, and I just can envision the Lord, his shoulders drooping, giving out a big sigh, and probably rolling his eyes before he answers. And, of course, he answers 70 times 7. Now, before we get too critical of Peter, I think we need to ask ourselves, how many of us have either said out loud or at least asked in our mind, how many times do I need to go to confession? Now, when Father Nicholas hears that, I imagine his shoulders droop, he lets out a big sigh, and he rolls his eyes. 490, right, if we're going to do the math? But that's not what it meant. Thankfully, because I burned that up very early in my marriage with my wife. She has forgiven me add several zeros to that. Thank you. But Peter must have looked a little bit confused at this, so the Lord then does launch into the parable, and he says the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. So here we have it. The bills come due. The, the accounts are being settled. We've borrowed the money. We've, we've made the debt, whatever it happens to be, and obviously, Uh, Here we have the the king is the father, the servants, that's us. And, of course, the debt we have is the sins that we commit. But when the king began the reckoning, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Well, the servant's been called into account just as we are called into account. 10,000 talents, try to narrow it down, it's a little difficult because The price of silver fluctuates, but safe to say that it's probably a little this side of $2 billion in today's uh, money, maybe more. And so this is obviously a debt that a servant is never, ever going to be able to repay. What kind of king allows this kind of a debt to be built up? Well, I'll tell you what kind of king it is the king is gracious. The king is generous. The king who loves his people. But it's also one who doesn't have endless patience. The servant had to answer for his debt. And it was a debt. It wasn't a gift. It was a debt. And We have to answer for our debts, for our trespasses and our sins. We've all racked up debts, some more than others. And we're called into account that for them, we have to have them paid. But can we pay them ourselves? We can't do that one on our own. We keep reading in the uh, the lesson today. And as the servant could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant was toast. He was done for. No way he's ever gonna be able to even touch this debt. No hope of repaying any part of it. And so what does he do? He does what most humans do, he begs for mercy. He falls on the ground and he asks for more time. And how many times have we done that in regard to our lives and our transgressions? And said, you know, Lord, just give me a little bit more time and I'll be able to turn this around. I can start doing what it is you've been telling me to do, or I'll quit doing what you've been telling me not to do. I just need a little bit more time. So We beg for that mercy. And you know what? We get it. We do get that mercy. Again, back to the parable. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring the king, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that servant released him and forgave the debt. He didn't just get mercy, he got forgiveness. He got more than what he was asking for, as a matter of fact. He didn't get a reduction, he didn't get an extension of what he owed and the time he had, but he got forgiveness. Now our situation is hopeless unless we have the forgiveness from God. We cannot earn our own way out of it. We have God's mercy and His forgiveness. Of course, the price of that forgiveness and our worth to God is the death of the Son. So we're called into account and we get that forgiveness. And life seems to be really grand for us, except that there's one other thing that we need to keep in mind. The other shoe. It's going to drop, so to speak, and that is the rest of the lesson. But that servant, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, a few months' wages, something certainly doable, it's a lot, but compared to the 10,000 talents, nothing. And I have it in my mind that, of course, when the first servant goes before the king, I have the Hollywood version in my mind. He goes into this nice marble palace, the king is on a throne, he comes in, he's down on the ground, they have that exchange, the king lets him off the hook, he goes out, he's on the street, he sees his servant, he grabs him by the neck, slams him up against a wall and says, pay me what you owe, because now he's debt free and he's looking for money so he can go ahead and do the things he's been wanting to do. He has no obligations anymore. And that servant then says the same thing that the first servant had said to the king, have patience with me, I will pay you. But of course he refused, and he put him in prison until he could pay. Well, what comes of that? Well, when the other servants saw what had happened, and of course they told the king, the king brought the first servant back. And how does he address the servant this time? He calls him wicked. He says, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you besought me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord delivered him to the torturers till he should pay all his debt. wasn't just made to repay. He was sent to the torturers. Now, the Lord's talking. The parable's over. But this is probably the toughest part. And he says, So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Some will say, Well, gee, your God's mean and vindictive. No, he's not. Are you kidding? He just forgave a debt that could never be repaid by us. But he expects us to be merciful and forgiving, as he is merciful and forgiving. And you know, it's important for both parties to forgive and then accept the forgiveness. And sometimes it's not always clear. Um, A story, an individual, I think only one other person in this room knows this person. Um, His name is Dennis Cato. Dennis was a teammate of mine in college. Um, Super nice guy, real quiet, fellow linebacker, but Dennis is the guy who injured me. He's the guy who stuck his helmet in the side of my knee in that game. And, of course, he was just beside himself afterwards. Now, understand one thing. I never walked on a football field expecting to be hurt, but I never walked on it either, thinking I would never get hurt. It's just part of the game. But. Dennis was beside himself afterwards. He wanted to carry my books around campus, because I was on crutches. I had a girlfriend to do that. (laughs) I didn't need him. Of course, we were in Mississippi, and it was was icy out and everything. It was tough to get around. But Dennis needed to hear me say, it's okay. It's not your fault. I forgive you. And he did. Actually, a few years ago, Dennis was actually inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame at the school, not because he hurt me. But he was able, obviously, to get on with his life. But it was important. He needed to hear that from me. And we need to hear not only, we need to forgive, but we need to also accept that forgiveness and uh, be able to move on and not be stuck on these things. You know, not too many minutes from now, we'll say the Lord's Prayer again. We've already done it once today. We'll do it again. And... Oftentimes, as we say the Lord's Prayer, that one little phrase in there, these words that came from the Lord himself, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Oftentimes, you know, we can stop with forgive us our trespasses and not go any further as we think about it. Because sometimes, we're just right. And we shouldn't have to forgive somebody because they did us wrong. But that's not what the Lord's Prayer says. It says to forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Do we mean it? Is that really what we're doing? Because what are the consequences if we don't forgive those who have trespassed against us? Well, as the Lord said in th- at the end of that lesson, the Heavenly Father will do to us, every one of us who doesn't forgive our brother from our heart, just what that king did. Got sent to the torturers. And that's because of us. That's not our God being mean and vindictive. That's our actions and our sins. Now, our God is merciful. He's slow to anger, and he is abounding in loving kindness. He said he's slow to anger. Not that he never is angered, but he definitely doesn't want us to end up being tortured. Trust me. Forgiveness. One of those anchors to pound into this, our faith, to anchor us to it. It's not just a word, but it's an action of ours. Let's pay attention to what the Lord's words are today. We're called into account. We have debts. What have I done? What are my actions? Where, what, what has to happen now? Well, we get that forgiveness from God. Something that we can't do on our own We need God's mercy, compassion, and patience. You know, one of our favorite songs we used to sing, you know, he paid a debt he didn't owe. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. That's our forgiveness. But then we must forgive others as well. Forgive from the heart as we have been forgiven. So to him who forgives all of our trespasses and our debts, be all glory, honor, and worship, now and ever and to ages of ages. Amen.